For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. It's Airbnb Brick here, still broadcasting live. Is this is this the last Lowell show from this Airbnb? It is. This will be the last one. Wow. You know, this uh, it's the end of an era, really. You know, I mean, the amount of good times we've had you sitting right there. I'll never forget it. I'll never I, forget this place. Yeah. Uh, so, and remind me, you're moving to your other place that you're renting more permanently, right? Right. Nice. And uh, are you excited about that space? What kind of backdrop can we expect here? Can we get a little teaser? I don't know. I, I don't know where I'm going to, where I'm going to, it has an office room. Yeah. But I don't know if I want to be in there. I don't know. I haven't decided yet. Why, why wouldn't you want to be in the office? I had a, my old place, I put my, like a bedroom for an office and I just would never use it. <laughs> yeah. I'd end up on my laptop or something. I don't know. Where, where at your old place was that? was your desk set up because that was, was that just more in like the living room area? Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Exactly. Um, DFS Texas asking the correct questions. <laughs> Would you say Brian is a rent seeker? I mean, you are quite literally seeking rent payments now. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't want to pay them. I, <laughs> I, <laughs> rent seeking would be not paying them. Like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and, and where are we at? Why we're doing the full real estate check-in. How's the lake house hunting coming? Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I uh, I have an offering right now, actually. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. I can tell. We don't want to jinx anything, but that's exciting. Right. Is is the lake house market as hot as the you know regular you know big city residential market? Yeah. There's like two lake houses for sale in the four state area. <laughs> there's like nothing on the market. Did I say this before? Like how many pieces of real estate are on the market total? Do you think? I think I did. I think you did, but we didn't. Yeah. I didn't realize that uh, you were, you know, fighting against so many people for one of these lake houses. I mean, is it is it like you and Osimo and the Chipotle Bros all going I after hope, this thing? I hope not. <laughs> um, uh, there's only like one million homes for sale in the whole country right now. Yeah, which to me sounds like a tiny fraction of what it should be. Yeah, I re I was just talking to my wife about it because we've been keeping our eye on stuff. I mean, more out of curi morbid curiosity right now because it's impossible. But we had uh, the MLS login for you know real estate stuff. You can get it through Redfin now to get the email alerts. And I mean, the vol the daily volume back when we bought this condo. I mean, there was fifteen you know things in just our area alone popping up daily, and now it's maybe one maybe one thing that pops up a day. It's like a literally like a 15 X shortage relative to what it was seven or eight years ago here. 
It's crazy. And, you know, they, they, there's no way they couldn't make more houses. You know what I mean? If, if the, the, there's like a lot of regulation problems with building and zoning issues and all sorts of things, just slowing a lot of building down. It's such a, it's such a pain in the ass. I mean, there is the moratorium on uh, foreclosures and stuff like that going on right now. Uh, that could like lead to a bunch of houses beyond the market, unfortunately, in foreclosures, but that would drop the prices a bit. Yeah, I've been, and I've been taught, it seems like more and more people I've talked to are, are doing what you're doing, sell the top of this housing market, go rent somewhere, let things cool off. Uh, the problem for us too is like, you know, how long are you going to have to wait to cool off? You know, like, cause I've seen, I, I was been reading a lot of stuff. Some people think this is like a two to three year thing where, where things might not change. Interest rates stay low. Like you said, stuff isn't being built. Inventory stays low. And it's like, are we just going to be in the same spot again in two years if we don't do anything? Yeah. It's, it's a clown, a clown economy. I've said, I said it a million times. It's like, it's like you're at the circus and you're trying to guess how many clowns are in the car. <laughs> right no one knows no one knows how many clowns are in that fucking car the whole like you, you, we have absolutely no idea like when the uh when the when the ride's gonna stop but right like the way i look at it for buying anyways like a lake house is um it's not an investment i'm just buying it so i don't care like if you're buying a home and you could like maybe you're gonna have kids and you're gonna want to upgrade in five years or something like that it's a different story like you're trying to make some money on it. But if you're just going to buy something for 30 years or until you're dead, you, what does it matter if you're at 270 or four, you know, 400 or something like that, you know, in 30 years? Yeah. I, I actually was like, have, have you ever heard of the, the podcast called animal spirits? No, I think they, they do like finance and um, business and stuff like that, but they just did a whole episode about, the housing market and they had some expert on or whatever, but he was saying right now more than ever, like most people are fall into that camp with their houses as far as like they are buying it for a place of shelter, not as like flipping this investment thing, which kind of changes kind of the dynamics of the market uh, a bit too. I think Scott G here says in your chat, um, you know, he refied. So, like this is another problem with the Fed, with the the low interest rates. It's like you're not 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 Scott, but us, anyone. We're not the only ones who know interest rates are at historic lows, right? Oh, and we so refinance that, too. Yeah. So like that affects consumer behavior. So more people are going to go and buy now, and spend now instead of later, and so that drives up the the price artificially because there's not enough supply for the demand when there wouldn't be if interest rates were higher then people can get higher savings accounts and or other ways to save their money and and then they might reconsider purchasing a home and it would drop the prices so it's all it's all screwed up but yeah if you're going to stay there for 30 years like just buy it. Not financial right. advice. <laughs> right. So what's it? I mean, how many offers do you think you're realistically competing against for your lake house? I don't know. A lot. Yeah. Yep. Um, let's see. What do we got the chat? There's almost no incentive to pay my mortgage earlier when I could use that extra money to earn more than 3% APR on my refinance mortgage. Yeah. I think that's, 
That's a thing that a lot of people are feeling. Paul, I just bought a house, been looking for seven months. Am I crazy? I don't know. I bought it for the long haul. I think it also depends on like where you're living. Like Brian's in Chicago. I'm in Boston. I mean, outside of New York, LA, San Francisco, those are some of the like most competitive, insane real estate markets. I think in some areas though, it it's probably way more reasonable. And like they're saying people are leaving the cities and stuff like that because uh, of the restrictions. Sure, I'm sure that's true, but it's not like really doing much. <laughs> yeah. Stuff's so expensive. But Florida, I guess, and Texas are just insane increases in prices. Yeah. For what I'm hearing, I haven't looked. But. And it's like, I think, too, a lot of boomers are downsizing, right? They sell the top on their big space, move into a condo, something smaller. They don't need, you know, the three, four bedroom or whatever they had when they had kids now that everyone's out. Um, uh, yeah, there's just so many of those dynamics, I think, that are all leading to to not much inventory at the at the upper end. It's it's like the hardest market to play, too. It's like because yeah. you got to live there and it's not just like you can sell some AM, AMC shares just to buy some GME calls and be done with it. Yeah. Yeah, we got, it sounds like it's everywhere. I believe that too. Austin, yeah. Texas, especially, I mean, I've heard Austin and Miami specifically, that's where all the crypto guys are all headed right now. Yeah. Everyone escaping, you know, state taxes. A lot of people are going to Miami. Um, our boy RBX. Is he? Uh, look, he's buying, looking to buy a second house in somewhere there, I think. Oh God. Can you imagine how many slates RBX is going to miss if he lives in <laughs> Miami instead of upstate New York? <laughs> Everyone, everyone's ROI just went up like 1.2% right there. Oh my God. I can't believe. have you, I mean, cause you're, as far as I know, you're, you're single right now. You're, you're pretty, you know, flexible. Have you thought about moving to a state like Florida or Texas? No. Um, I mean, maybe in like 10 years, my, my brother, we have like a family house kind of in Florida. Gotcha. So, uh, for my grandma who passed away. And so I could go there. My brother stays there and stuff like that. But yeah. What about you? No, I mean, we're, we're just so, I think anchored here. My wife's parents are here. My wife's sister is about to have a baby. Um, my wife just got a new job here. I'm obviously pretty flexible because now that I'm working online full time, I could theor theoretically be anywhere. But yeah, I think we're going to be in the kind of greater Boston area for for the foreseeable future. All right. Yeah, it would it would be nice. I, I was just listening. Uh, Levitan is uh, he's moving from Philly out to Denver, and uh, I was definitely uh, jealous uh, of him being able to, uh, to pull that off and, uh, making the leap. I think just in general, like the East coast, yeah, it's just, it's just brutal. The summers, like he said, are humid. The winters suck and I'm sick of snow shoveling and snow plowing. And then it's super expensive and it's just like, it doesn't have a ton going for it. I mean, you lived in Colorado. He's going to Colorado. I, I yeah. listened to that pod too. Cause I wanted to see if he was going to Florida. I, th I guessed he was probably going to Florida. I was wrong. What's the, what's the weather like? Colorado is, it, it's similar in that it has four seasons, but it's like the, I don't know. I guess what I, I would say is there's like more charm to the seasons there. Uh, you know, you, you can get a lot of snow, but it's still way more days of sunshine. The summers don't have the, the humidity. It's just the dry heat. Um, there's ways to like take advantage of the winter more with quick access to the Rockies. And I don't know. I think it's just, 
it, it's definitely a better climate despite having four seasons as well. I always think about this with Chicago. It's like, like, why did my family stay here for so long? <laughs> like yeah. it gets so cold and then so hot and, and it can be pretty damn humid some days. Like a hundred years ago I was like, no, no, this is good. This is where we, this is where we'll plant our flag. It's like, really? Okay. Well, that's the thing too. I mean, there's just, I mean, that happens to everyone, right? Where they get their roots, their ties, and whether it's out of like laziness or just fear of kind of the unknown and doing that. And it just gets logistically harder. The more roots, the more family, the job ties, like it, it becomes a huge ordeal to be like, we're just going to uproot ourselves and go move across the country. Yeah, that's true. I, I have a feeling that the, the, like, because of the intervention into the market, no one cared that much back then. It's not like, oh, I'm going to go here and three, four X my return. You know what I mean? Like, I think I, I saw some st stat from a few years ago over the last hundred years, accounting for inflation. So adding inflation into it, the housing market has gone up 1% in the States, just 1%. That's accounting for inflation and across all markets. Yeah. So obviously in some markets, you probably made a fortune in some markets. You lost money like Arizona after 2008 or something like that. But um, yeah, it's not uh, this like huge boon where you're going to like 10 X all the time. No. Historically, no. anyways. Yeah. It's uh, the housing market is uh, it's a little depressing right now. I feel it's crazy. I feel like you are experiencing literally like every single facet of the housing market, <laughs> selling, trying to buy, renting, yeah. short-term renting, <laughs> like you're doing all of it. It's also like, I think owning's not also not that great too. Like you still got to pay taxes. You don't know what, especially now with all like the debt, uh, usually, you know, major cities, most major cities have their pension issues. And after COVID with all the businesses closing their tax revenue, who knows what it's going to look like next year. Maybe they just raise taxes on you. You know what I mean? But as a renter, you know, you're, you're most likely not going to pay that. Like eventually they're the own, the owner will raise rent to cover the difference. But, um, like you don't have to deal with that. You don't have to deal with like a lot of the permits and on construction and a whole bunch of annoying stuff, which also slows down home building. We got some, uh, you know, people are campaigning for their, uh, obscure places of residence, St. Paul, Minnesota, uh, apparently North Dakota is looking for residents and Dovey here says the Vegas market is solid, uh, especially with, uh, with Dave nearby. Um, <laughs> uh, I actually, I was just, now it made me a thought experiment of like, if I were single, where, where would I go and try, uh, to live? I think I, I think I would probably go back to San Diego, but um, I, I wouldn't be able to afford real estate where I would want to live in San Diego. And you're paying 15% state income tax. Yeah, I know. It's not I mean, ideal. How about Puerto Rico? Well, that's the, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the like true no crypto bros no, building yeah. their own, their own place. No yeah. taxes. The weather's pretty good. You know what I would do before Puerto Rico? I would do I would do Costa Rica. I've been to Costa Rica yeah. a couple times. No Crime's taxes. a little worse though. I don't. Are you sure? Well, I actually it's been a decade since I thought about moving after poker was shut down. Maybe it's better. But there are areas where there's like not that far away from San Jose and whatever that is still pretty bad. 
I mean, compared to the states, anyways, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And it's I, mean, not, I mean, Puerto Rico is not a state, but it kind of is. So, like, if shit does go down, you're probably safer there. You know what I mean? Or if you get in trouble or something. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I we did, I've been to Costa Rica two times now and have driven around to a lot of the places. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I could see. I honestly think I'm more of like on the extremes. Like I, I think I'd rather like go travel abroad for a year and like bounce around all over, than like go live one place abroad for like a year. I'd rather just like have a home base here or, or go, because then that's the best way to do it, right? Because you're not right. paying mu- rent. You can just put all of that money toward travel. I heard someone use that talk about using that strategy in the states. Oh, they weren't crypto bros, but they were like, you just move to the state that has whatever the best governor at the time or some the best rules. So like, okay, Florida's open. There's no restrictions and there's no taxes. It's people are moving there for crypto. You go there now. And then like five years from now it changes and then you go to Texas and then that changes and then you go wherever and you just keep moving around. That's what, um, I mean, I, I wouldn't say it was necessarily tax driven, but that's what Jeremy, the uh, CEO of Underdog, has done this past year. You know, he went to the Cape for a little bit. Then he was uh, in Tahoe skiing for a lot of the winter, then went down to Palm Springs, then to Colorado to ski some more. And now he's in Miami uh, for a while. And that's he's just spent this past year renting Airbnbs yeah. monthly. And it like probably isn't that much different than, you know, New York rent or whatever. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I'm, I'm just using an example of, of crypto or taxes or yeah. something. But like whatever your reasoning is, you just keep moving until what for the one that fits you best. Yeah. Um, what was what was Pete's big B-Day present well, this happy year? Happy birthday for those who don't know. Pete turned uh, 21 last 21. year. It's, fu- it's funny because I've noticed like some people are – like are very polite of like, they, they want to know how old I am, but they like are worried that I'm going to be offended. Uh, <laughs> and it's, it's not like you're asking me my weight, which I would also tell you no, but I turned 34, which, uh, it seems, uh, yeah, it's, it's getting, yeah, it's one of the, I'm starting to have sticker shock, I guess with, uh, with my age. Well, happy birthday, buddy. Thanks, man. Yeah. Did you get drunk last night? I did. Yeah, I did. Oh, wow. get Okay. I got drunk. Yeah, I went out with my wife for uh, Mexican food, had a bunch of margaritas, and then came back and we did Club Top Shot. And I was drinking a lot on the show. Luckily, not too hungover. But uh, yeah, I felt pretty drunk last night. I think the chat will attest. I mean, that's a pretty sweet birthday to me. Me Mexican food, margaritas, a little live stream with some buddies. Yeah, it it was honestly a it was very it was a very fun, uh, very fun day. Uh, You know, do it. It's like. Yeah, it old you, you know, like college you, you're like, oh, you, you're not going out or whatever. But like Peter now, like hanging out with buddies on a live stream while you're, you know, getting drunk. Like that's 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 the highlight of, of a week for me now. That, I mean, it, it the world the world is different. The world is completely different than when we when we were growing up. So like you can move you can move now. Like it, it probably sounds crazy to some people, but now you you. There are ways to get jobs where you don't have to be stuck there anymore and ways where you don't have to be stuck with a boss too. It is, there is this thing, you know, every, everyone, it's like almost like exhausting to talk about because it's been such a common talking point of like, we now spend so much more time, uh, our lives on the internet, blah, blah, blah. But like, I'm talking more on the extreme stuff. Like, I don't think I've ever talked to you about like VR, AR, 
um, you know, metaverse type concepts. Like, wh- how do you feel about those things? Do you think it's just still too far off, or do you think we are headed in that direction faster than we think? Oh God! I mean, I I love I love that shit. But um, like, I mean, I think VR like even currently is pretty cool. Like, I bought one of the headset those headsets. Like, yeah, I have ago. I have one. I haven't even used <laughs> it yet. Those are those are fucking cool. I, I like them. Uh, I played the Sony one a couple years ago, and that one wasn't as, even as good as the just the phone one. But um, I love I love that uh, technology, and I think I think um, when they get, I mean, if we're talking down the road here, when they get it to the level where you can just upload, I think it's over, baby. Everyone's going in that fucking thing. Yeah, I was, yeah, just thinking about this idea of like, you know, we're already like with our workstations and stuff, like we're trying to basically replicate what that's offering, you know, being able to have your Twitter stuff up, your Discord chats, the stuff, your your entertainment over here, your research and work here, your communication, like we're already trying to do that. And it, it feels like that's what it's trying to simulate for us in just a more streamlined way. It's like, I, I don't know, it feels like it's coming fast. That would be interesting if you had the the VR like world. What's like Ready Player One or whatever? Yeah, that's what. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But then it'd have to be like, uh, yeah, there it is. Yeah, it'd have to be like on. Uh, it'd have to be on the blockchain. Yeah, because you can't have just some central business or government can't trust them with your consciousness or something. You know what I mean? Like if you're if, if you're gonna black mirror upload your consciousness. Yeah, like it's it got to be on the chain. <laughs> It is kind of, it is kind of scary. Uh, it, it, but I also think too, like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I want to be almost more polarized in that. Like if I'm going to be at fu- my fucking desk or whatever all day, might as well be just plugged into the fucking metaverse and zooming around. But then I want to not be anywhere next to technology. I want to go for a walk in the park or go for a jog yeah. or like do stuff out in nature. It's almost the, like the marrying of the two when you're outside with your phone, that's the stuff that feels gross. I'd rather live on the extremes anyways. Yeah. I mean, this is like matrix talk too. It's like, is there a difference once you get to that point? Um, Brian, can you confirm this? I haven't tried it. I'd be <laughs> honest if I will, if I, if I, if I have, um, I, I'll, okay, I'll tell you, I have looked for, it. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't find it years ago. I tried like, all right, let's see what this is. But, uh, this is this is a really dumb question. So I have I have the Oculus, the Broculus. It was uh, I got it as part of a NFT that man's bought. I this is so dumb. Like I literally do I buy games for it? Like I don't even know what I do with it. Yeah, I didn't I didn't either. Like I tried a few of the games. I just like the immersive world stuff, like dinosaurs and underwater and stuff like that. Yeah, like, no, this is fun. You just do it for like 10 minutes and like that's cool. Okay. Uh, I'm sure the games would be would be awesome too if they the i know they had like motion sickness issues and like they they put like some sort of glasses on you or something like that and that seemed to like tone down the amount of sickness some people would get i'm sure there's all sorts of well, issues with that stuff um, apparently apparently i need to check out vr <laughs> bangers <laughs> i just i just imagine my wife walking in on me with just this VR headset on and my pants around my ankles. Hey, VR bangers. Yeah. I can recommend goodness. Just don't type in V in your, when you're live streaming your browser, <laughs> uh, that's happened to some, uh, DFS personalities. Um, 
Andrew, what are you referencing here? I saw Andy on Twitter talking about an, a DeFi crypto rug pull. Was this Titan or something? Do you know what he's referencing here? Mm-mm. No. Oh, here we go. I, let me see. I see. Uh, I know I can... we talked. Uh, he he fired Donnie Nelson, the GM, and they had that Bob Volgaris deal going on. That's all I saw. Yeah. Did you get it? I didn't get a chance to read that article yet. Did you? Uh, I clicked it and I'm like, oh, wait, that's paywall. <laughs> Delete. <laughs> Close yeah. out. Let's see here. Um, trying to see what happened. The Cuban Missile Crisis. What coin is this? Uh, I wow. can't even. I can't even is see. Real? What, it looks like it's real. Um, I can't even tell what it is. Okay, need the story. Cuban rugged crypto Twitter or himself got rugged on Iron Finance. Um, I got hit like everyone else. Crazy part is I got out. Thought they were increasing their total value locked enough. Then bam. Jeez. How how do you get hit but you got out? I have I have no way. You didn't get all of it out. It, it doesn't sound like you got hit if you got out. I don't <laughs> yeah, know. Strange. Um, jeez. Um, yeah. I I I didn't read the article about Bob. It, it from what I sounded like, it seemed like there was a disconnect, like in a lot of situations between the clickbait headline and what it was actually uh talking about because mark cuban had quote retweeted the story and said like this is total bullshit and i couldn't tell if he was saying it was total bullshit because they were throwing bob under the bus or he was saying it's total bullshit bob hasn't been as influential to our front office as they're making it seem yeah i i, I would say both yeah Maybe a little bolt column a and b and then i mean i have i have no idea but then it would seem like donnie nelson was the one who leaked all this stuff and then he can't him. I, but who knows if any of that's true yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm glad he, that he's sticking with Vulgaris though. That's smart. Yeah. I mean, Bob's a badass. Do you, do you, have you ever had any aspirations like that? Like if you got a sick job doing like analytics for a team, would that interest you in any capacity? I'd rather, I'd rather hire Bob. I'd rather put the team together. Okay. You, so you're saying you, you, it's more the GM side that appeals to you than the kind of more analytic side yeah now now it does back in the back you know 15 years ago or whatever after college i would definitely rather been on the ground floor but man barely anyone was doing it back then but um yeah i'd much rather just try to get this i would i would go i would go insane who's the guy you guys always make fun of uh the air raid guy kingsbury Oh yeah, yeah. The the Hal Mummy air raid and then Cliff oh Kingsbury running. I would it. be hiring that high school coach who went for it on fourth down like ninety eight percent of the time, and just like I would, I, I would be going crazy. And then like the uh, the legacy media guys, like their questions, like I would we would, I would just let my players say whatever the fuck they want. We pay the fines later if I had Cuban money. Yeah, yeah. My I don't know if I ever talked about it on this show. I think I've mentioned it maybe once or on another show, but my cousin works in the front office for the trailblazers. He's their director of player personnel. And he started as just a scout and kind of worked his way up. And then he became their salary cap expert. Um, Mm -hmm. And he's kind of like on the trajectory to be a GM because he's marrying kind of those two skill sets, you know, the scouting and understanding, you know, the salary cap inside and out. And that, that's the thing I think, and he, he played college basketball too, but you know, that I think that's what's so fascinating too about some of these GMs because you'll have the more just numbers focused guy like a Daryl Morey, 
Um, but my cousin kind of taking the more traditional approach of trying to have, you know, both of those skill sets as far as a, an eye for, for talent and understanding the numbers. Hmm. I mean, I, I would do, this is like, assuming I have like Cuban, like power or money or whatever, but like once I got in there, uh, if anyone questioned me like the media or whatever, I just give them the finger and like <laughs> in the fans, I tell them the fuck off. Don't come. Yeah. <laughs> like this is, we're not doing your stupid old school shit. We're doing new stuff. And if you don't like it, you know, fuck off and just hire a bunch of, uh, crazy geniuses and try and a whole bunch of new stuff. Yeah. Blast. Well, that's, that's been the whole issue with this entire Moneyball trust the process stuff. And you see it happen. You don't really see it happen in the NFL as much. I mean, they tried it in Cleveland, you know, the Sashi Brown era came to an end because it's like, the in the NBA, they gave you a longer leash, like a three, four year mm-hmm. kind of rebuild. Like in the NFL, like you can't get away with like more than two losing years, I guess, unless you're fucking Adam Gase or whatever. But in general, it's like you need to be putting out winning seasons. Like you can't do a fucking five year rebuild in the NFL. Right. Yeah. I'm, uh, pace. He's yeah. Getting alive. It's that's true. I, I mean, but I don't think any of the coaches are really. Mark Cuban uh, owners are Mark Cuban. Yeah. In the NFL. Really? It's been, it's been like the same owners for a long time for our same families. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's see here. Oh yeah. Are you, do you, do you have a thoughts on Levy versus Levy, uh, tennis match? I do not. I'm not, uh, paying attention to it. How about you? Um, yeah, I, I get the vibe that Levy's the more skilled tennis player, you know, Mm -hmm. just even based on the line set. But I also get the vibe that Levitan has been playing way more than him and, uh, and might just want it more. So, uh, I'm actually pretty curious. What's, is there any disadvantages for? Yeah. What are they? Yeah, I can pull them up right now. I don't know tennis well enough to like spout these off on my own, but I can, uh, I can pull it up right here. Old, you were a tennis thought leader. <laughs> here, here are the things. Uh, I will pull up. These are the the handicap or whatever that he's giving him. Best of three sets. Set one, Levitan starts thirty love on Levy serve and fifteen love on Levitans. Set two, Levitan starts fifteen love on Levy serve and thirty love on Levitans. If set three, coin flip for handicap tiebreakers. First to ten, Levy starts four zero. Okay. I barely understand any of that. Okay, so he gets two points on uh, his serve and one on the other guy's serve. Mm-hmm. That sounds about right. Uh, yeah, so that I mean that's a that's a nice head start uh, for him, I would imagine. Uh, yeah, so yeah, maybe. we'll we'll I, see. I, mean, I have no idea. Yeah, it'll. I think they're live streaming it on the uh, the ETR YouTube. So do you know your uh, betting? I think Levy said he had about 5k down. I think because most people favor Levy, I think it's been harder for him to get action down. I would guess that Levitan has more down in side action. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones 
who get it done. Um, I think he was getting himself at some plus money too. What um, is the uh, height difference here? Shooter McGrabbins. Um, mentioned it. So I have never seen uh Mike in person. Um, Levy's pretty short. I think I think Levy's like I don't know. I don't want to like five ten. I would I think is how tall Levitan is. Five nine, five ten would be my guess. Okay, maybe it's not that short. Maybe maybe it's a little shorter. Maybe he's a little shorter. Um, and yeah, I don't I don't know how tall. Uh, I would assume NBL has a couple inches on him though in height. Hmm. Um. Okay. Uh. Oh, what else were we gonna say? Yeah, you had a another one of your you had a thought leader tweet about legacy media. Um. Yes. We've we we've uh we've gone over this a few times, but I still love the idea. I hope someone does it some content content creators pick up on the idea, but it's this one is for minor league baseball. Um, Cause there's some tweets like there's been, I don't know if you've seen these like minor league baseball, like the Oakland A's, one of their minor leagues, they were serving them like toast and cheese for their, their clubhouse meal. And there's guys sleeping in their cars and stuff like that. Um, so they've kind of been out there. So, I thought, well, it definitely could work for minor league baseball. Yeah. Where you just make the feed, the broadcast feeds public free of charge and let content creators have at it. Yeah. Just go, you know, go crazy. And I guarantee it's going to be better than whatever they, whatever they put up there. If there's enough interest. Yeah. And it would be like, you know, there's so many benefits for them too. Um, it it's like think about how you would stumble across talent like it you know naturally the cream would rise to the crop like the best programs would start to get the most views and then most stuff and then like you would be building out like i don't know like almost sub community kind of in the way that like top shot did like they didn't they weren't doing any like marketing and all these different groups started forming and creating content and then they've started to go <laughs> to those uh content creators sometimes that leads to insider trading but they've been going to them uh and leveraging that as free marketing and like these major league baseball minor league baseball could like it, it's would be free for them to generate massive interest in their product it, it's a no brainer yeah. And this dovetails kind of into another topic we were uh, going to touch on last week, but never got to uh, like top down media versus bottom up media. Mm -hmm. I can't, I can't remember where I heard this, this term from. It's probably people have probably already said this and it was just new to me, but it's been out there where kind of like the whole legacy media, ESPN, NFL, all of it is top down media, pretty much everything, ABC, CBS, you know, back in the day. Which means basically they say like you're gonna get Keith Olbermann. If you don't like him, tough luck. You know what I mean? Like you're gonna get uh uh two and a half men. That's the show. If you don't like it, we don't you know, we don't care. Like wow. we make it and then you watch it. TV guide era. This is what we're serving tonight, and you're gonna eat it whether you like right. it or not. And then there are the guys who, you know, pick and choose the winners and decide, no, people like this, you know, and they, and if you watch, I, cause I'm at this Airbnb, so I have, uh, direct TV or something, whatever the hell is here. And I never watched live TV and I've been watching it 
since I've been here. And I'm like, oh my God, TV's even worse than when I stopped watching. Like yeah. they try to force so much garbage down your throat. And it's like, do you think your customers actually want this? Like, what's wrong? Like the commercials are horrible. And like bottom up is the opposite. So like for this, it would be like you release the feed. You know, theoretically, let's just say it's something popular. Minor league baseball is not that popular. I thought another good one would be like um uh lower uh lower card or whatever uh, MMA fights. Like people would watch fights. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? All you need is just throw a camera on there, let release the feed, and then you pick from the hundreds, let's say hundreds or so thousands, who knows, of people creating content, just like YouTube or anything or TikTok or whatever, however you consume consume media, where where you're deciding, you know, more or less. Don't is it that also kind of what uh the golf bros have always been saying is like they get so upset with like the groups or what they show and it's like just give us the feed of right. all the action we pick it and then you also pick like i want to listen to fucking pat mayo talk uh while i watch golf not you know some stiff on cbs it would be it would be awesome yeah, yeah. like the and also like they won't if a lot of times with golf, I haven't been paying attention too much this year, Thursday, non-major Thursdays and Fridays, they don't even play the coverage of the whole day. And it's like, you know, tons of people would want to watch this, especially now that DFS is so popular and they don't even bother broadcasting it probably because they don't want to pay like a broadcaster and stuff, but you could throw one camera guy out there, throw the feed up and then let people, you know, create content around that. So the obvious problem here is like, how do they monetize it? And especially like if minor league baseball, like for minor league baseball, it's like, they're probably not making any money anyways, so they could do it. But like, let's say major league baseball, let's try it. These cable contracts are, you know, behemoths that, that make them a ton of money. The more that the top down media, the, the legacy media falls apart though, the less they're going to be able to pay for the rights to this stuff. So it might make more sense five years from now or something like that for something like this to come to come about but uh, i mean I, that's obviously the biggest the thorn in the idea but aren't there ways like i feel like i mean it's at that point it's more of like a technological problem than anything because it's like they choose what platform they're going to provide that feed on say they partner with youtube for that and mm -hmm. then content creators are going to monetize it through youtube and then it's just like built into that contract or right. whatever that the you know pga is going to get mma and minor league baseball is going to get you know one third of any ad revenue generated right. from this thing and then it's just a meritocracy and the the best feeds and the best streams are going to do as well they get their cut and then like it's same for us like we would do that for for shows and companion streams like right. i would love like i i would love to be able to do companion streams with the actual feed like it would be so good and i'd be willing to part with paltry amount of ad dollars just right. to have that experience for sure yeah and what we the idea uh i think we said before was like when they have a mma fight or a boxing match at a bar supposedly like the bar pays on like a per head maybe this right isn't, this isn't right but this is what, like the bartender told me like so like if they have a bigger bar it could cost them like five grand or something to get that match there because they're like doing charging them per head they could do something like like that where like the streams that get thirty thousand viewers you know that they, they have to pay pay more like maybe even maybe even the content creator pays something out of pocket you know what i mean like if it's a small one the content creator pays the hundred bucks right and hopefully they make it up in ad revenue 
or they pay a fee that's adjustable based on how many people are watching. Plus that ad revenue goes to them, you know, whatever you can come up with a, tons of different ways, but. And ultimately too, it's, it's a lack of creativity by them. And it's a short sightedness. Like if I ran that instead of like worrying about monetizing every little bit of the video stream itself, why aren't you thinking in terms of, I'm going to bring in more fans. I am going to be able to sell more merch. I'm going to be able to sell more live tickets, all the other kind of creative ways you can do monetization. Like it doesn't have to just be through the feed. Like that's always going to be your best marketing tool. Put it out there. Let people fall in love with the sport. If I might, I, I guarantee I could fall in love with some sports. I don't care about if I had entertainers or commentators that I absolutely loved covering it. Like no doubt. I would much rather have you done. I think everyone's done this. You like turn the TV guy down when you're watching a football game or something turn the TV guy down and turn on the radio guy. Cause he's better like the local yeah. radio guy or something like that you try to match it up. Like imagine, but like with thousands of people and like guys like Gus Johnson or something like that, they might quit their job and start a content, you know, create a creative company or something around this with them as the focus. And then you get your favorite guy anyways on whatever game he's covering. Yeah. And I, and I get why, like, say the NFL doesn't feel compelled to do this. They know they're going to get us all to watch red zone and whatever as is, but, but like you said, minor league baseball, I mean, major league baseball itself is going to struggle with this next generation. They, they, I don't, how do they major league baseball isn't going to capture Gen Z. I don't even know how the fuck they pull that off unless they are experimenting and trying shit out like this. That's the reason why I said that. Yeah. And I, I saw this too, where it's like the ad revenue for these, like, you know, uh, classic K, you know, legacy cable stuff like CNN is like a hundred X what you would pay on the internet. So like they're, they're, they're super expensive still to pay, to buy these ads. And I don't know anything about marketing and marketing companies and stuff like that. I'm assuming the people buying those ads know a lot more than me, but to me, that sounds crazy. Like the demographics there have got to be drying up for like the important, you know, whatever, 25 to 45 year olds, people who make a lot of the purchases and stuff. So like if that changes to something, you know, way more reasonable, Maybe it's possible. Maybe it's possible. And maybe it'll, maybe it'll happen. Like red zone also is kind of like a little microcosm of it, right? It's yeah. like, I love red zone too. Cause I don't have to watch all the crappy commercials and listen to the dumbass announcers in between plays, talk nonsense about gut and, you know, well, will. The, the ultimate for me, and I, I assume most DFS players, if you would have this, basically this marriage between essentially what the DK live app is right where you can just filter for alerts on your players in your lineups and then you combine that with a red zone type like alert thing where it's like okay we're going live to this MMA match that just started this lineup that you have is looking great we're going to throw this on your screen and you're you're playing MLB today you're playing NBA and it is bouncing around yeah. in a curated red zone feed based on your lineups i mean yeah. how incredible of an experience would that be with like your sports bets and stuff yes too. your sports bets your futures you're like you could literally have everything yeah. bouncing around i mean it would be yeah. heaven and your favorite youtubers broadcasting It'd yep. be a thousand times better, but no, they, they'll go, you get Joe Buck. Fuck you. 
Dude, and how about this? Let's let's go full metaverse on it too. Now we're in there and you are getting overlays of the expected value of your bet, the expected projected points for your DFS lineup. Like all those things, you know, hedging options, you know, buyout options, like all of this right. all from that experience. And sp- and circling back to VR, have you watched that VR uh live sporting experience? No. Oh my god, it's fucking awesome. Yeah. They, yeah, they put like a 360 VR in like six different spots in the stadium underneath the hoop and stuff like that. You could look around with the, and you could see Vegas Dave to your right. Like what an honor. You know, and like <laughs> his Birkin purse just right <laughs> yeah. there. But yeah, you're like it's it's really like right there and then like you have like a if you go to like the uh the one I used anyways, if you could go into the um uh whatever like luxury boxes and then there's like a computer there and you can look down at the stats, the game going live and stuff. Like it's all virtual. There's no, uh, no computer there, obviously. And then go back down to the field and you can see the coaches screaming and stuff. It's cool. Yeah. No, that'd be sweet. Uh, speaking of DraftKings, did you see this article expose about their SPAC partners and all that shit? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty, pretty crazy. That I guess I I didn't get it. I, I read, you know, the like detailed summary of it, whatever. And I saw a little chatter from DFS water cooler. I think I saw Blender's tweet about kind of shrugging it off of saying that this was, you know, stuff that's happening with all kinds of companies. What what was your kind of take on it? Oh, I think well, D, I think um, DFS players are disproportionately invested in DraftKings, like actually the stock, not like they're literally invested like, in it. Literally yeah. invested yeah. in it um so it, it plummeted a good bit right since that article it went down it went down 10 percent, and they're then they're back up over halfway i just looked before we came on stream it's down like two bucks yeah so it didn't it didn't really do a whole ton i thought it was ironic that like one of the reasons that they are so heavily regulated the the like officials local officials will tell you is because of mob mob uh inter because the mob could be involved in gambling right so you need the state to protect you um and that was one of the accusations in there and one of those businesses uh i can't remember the names of it was involved in like the belarus mob or something yeah well and also too it's like if the most is the most salacious stuff that these are mob ties for like illegal gambling. And it's like, okay, we're not, we're not talking about like child trafficking here. Like <laughs> we're talking about gambling. Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't really see <laughs> why this is uh, such a big bombshell, but it's, whatever. it's, it's a ridiculous logic anyways, because why, okay. Why was the mob involved in the first place? Because you made it illegal. And yeah, just like liquor in the, Al Capone Chicago era is you made it illegal. And so like they're playing, they're playing both sides of the coin, of course, where it's like, well, remember when the mob was involved in gambling, we need, we need to regulate gambling because of the mob. It's like, yeah, but you're the fucking reason they were involved. Right. And then, and then now guess what? They're involved anyways. Like the whole thing's a fucking scam. They have no right to be involved in gambling whatsoever. Yeah, the, the mob isn't, uh, there aren't bootleggers anymore because there's no need because any of us can go buy alcohol. <laughs> like, right. um, well, all, all this does give fuel. So, like they can wheel in somebody and be like, oh, there was, there was, uh, there was mob interference, more regulation, or the, or some, some, some dumb kid will max out all his dad's credit cards. I'm like, oh, gambling addiction. 
more yeah. regulation. You need us. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it is interesting too. Like they were trying to draw the, like they were trying to paint this portrait of, you know, DraftKings has done everything above board. They have all of the official pro sponsors. They even reference Giselle, which I keep forgetting that she's now like consulting them on governance decisions. Really? That was part of that article. Yeah. How wild um, is that? It's also like, they're so big now too. It's like, I wasn't worried. I don't have any DK stock, but it's like, that, that's not what happens to these big companies. Like nothing, they pay a fine and move on. Is there, um, I, I don't have any DK stock either. Is there a reason you never invested in it? I think I did and sold. Like, I don't know. I just gamble when I'm, yeah. when I'm not getting enough gambling in, I gamble <laughs> on the stock market. I don't yeah. even know what I'm doing, but like, I was, do you remember like this years ago, there was this, uh, bank, I can't remember which one I'm sure they're still around where they were, um, they knowingly took money from like drug cartels. I don't think and I remember the that. cash box, uh, was so small. They couldn't fit like the cash boxes in that. They designed a special cash box big enough so they could just shovel all the money into the, to the <laughs> bank. Right. And they just got fined. Yeah. Right. So it's like they're, 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 (laughs) this whole thing's a fuck. Yeah. HSBC. I think maybe that was what it was. Was it Lehman Brothers? One of them. You people know what I'm talking about. They know what you're talking about. Yeah. There's there's, nothing's going to, nothing's going to happen to them. If, if anything, like I said too, is like once you become this big, regulate, you, you scream that you don't want regulation. Meanwhile, you're behind the scenes. That's just a negotiating tactic. You're behind the scenes negotiating how you want the bill to be shaped and you have to start from a position of you don't want any, obviously, otherwise you're at a disadvantage and then you mowed off your competition. Yeah. And so they'll use the mob and gambling issue, uh, addiction, and then it'll just be two or three sports books eventually. And we'll all suffer for it. Yeah. Um, so some poor soul has sat through uh, almost 50 minutes talking about the uh, housing crisis, uh, legacy media, and DraftKings, and they just want Brian to release his Sims for the U.S. Open. Should we talk a little golf here? Sure. Um, you already you ran uh, your stuff. You've already been crunching the numbers. I, okay, you're done. I should mention, too, I made a DraftKings League uh, for Lulz. It's a small league. It's only a 20 man. I'm going to see if it's filled here. I've, I I feel bad promoting it if it's already filled. Um, but I posted that link in the deposit kingdom discord. If you guys want to get in there, no, we still got six spots. So that link is in the discord. You hop in the Lulz channel, scroll up a little bit. Um, all right. Fire off some hot takes. John Rom. He's our favorite guy here. I'm going with the field. I got, uh, let's see what I have him at. I have an 18.4% own. Mm-hmm. I'm going just, just about that. Okay. Yeah. Next, next, the next two, Spieth and Johnson, I am fading. So uh, that's a little scary. Spieth, I feel like it's Spieth, so it's tough. But like, if I, what do I have his ownership at? Like nine percent. Yeah, Osmo has it at eight point seven. What do you have it at? I have it at nine point five. It could be even lower than that because he's pretty expensive for the the. Um, Odds to win. What do I have him? I have him at uh, 3.3% chance to win at almost $1,100. Uh, 
So I, I, he could come in pretty low, but either way, I'm I'm fading him and I'm going way under on Dustin too, and over on Bryson. Over on Bryson, okay. Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, I'm trying to see. So Bryson, yeah, he his ownership is like outside of the top ten too. Yeah, that's probably why he's also pretty expensive. So he's the the third highest price, and he's not the third highest uh, chance to win. Uh, actually, no, I do have him third, tied for third. Any uh, any love for Kokrak, or is his ownership inflated because of that recent win? I like Kokrak. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were going to say Cantlay. Let me check Kokrak. Uh, Kokrak looks uh, like yeah, he... I'm I'm playing. I'm over on Kokrak. Okay. Is it what? What is the is public sentiment? Are people uh, losing steam on Bryson? uh right now i've just kind of like going back to him oh i i think so i mean it's he's also not been playing very well yeah so it's not just that people aren't talking about him that much he hasn't been winning and did you see that brooks kapka footage today i don't even know if it was real no what was it he like was trying to get up like five five stairs and like he barely could and he was like holding the railing because you know he just had surgery on his yeah. knee or whatever not that long ago but he almost he took what second with uh in the last uh major yeah with uh when phil won so uh, maybe he re-injured it but i'm under on him but uh, i still have eight percent so that's a little scary so i'd watch out for that yeah, public doesn't like Bryson because of his beef with Brooks. Um, yeah, I, I, I can People see that. Like, but the DFS this, pros, do they care about that shit? Right, but this is the Open, though, so it will be a little newbie for a big field. So the ownership's going to be a little a little wonky. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not adjusting for for the for the noobs. This is just my regular ownership for a big field, so we'll see. Well, any love for uh, Phil Mickelson here? It doesn't look like he's grading too well. What do I have his ownership at? Uh, 6.7% owned. 7,700. Let's see here. I mean, I love Phil in real life. But I don't like go and mess with this stuff. So whatever it gave me, I, I just I just kept. Anyway, oh, yeah, I'm playing. I'm, I'm under the, just, just under the field. How how big is your uh, how big is your player pool? So I've been um, my general rule of thumb in the past has always been to try to keep my uh, player pool near or under the cut the cut line, which used to be seventy and it's now sixty five. Actually, did that change for the open? I should know that. I have it at sixty five. I hope that's right. Um. Uh, so you, so, you know, somewhere around 55 to 70 players mm-hmm. and I've expanded that now to allow 80 and 90. Um, I'm not sure that's right, but what I, my, my, uh, my player pool before was just logic based. Like, I'm just yeah. going to try to get as many, like, that's the cut line. So I want like, hopefully if my pool does well, all my guys are making the cut theoretically. Right. Right. That makes um, sense. And now my new one is, is sim is sim based. The sim keeps telling me, no, you go, you want to play, you want to play 85 players. You want to play 95 players. 
And if you look at like the, the top players in PGA and lineup rewind or whatever the thing, so lineup um, study on FC, it varies. Um, like some guys can go, go pretty low. And I mean, I get the logic. I think like I, I saw CSU did like one, like where his player pool is like 35 or something. And I, I get the logic. Like, you know, you if you if you guess right, you're going to have all these shots. Um, but it might not have been him. Maybe it was somebody else, but either way, uh, I think, and, um, but I think that's, I think that's wrong. Like, I think there's just so much variance. Uh, Carl says top is it top 60 cuts? I assume your SIM has that info. Yeah. What I, I didn't. <laughs> yeah. Should uh, we, uh, for old time's sake, and because uh, I don't know if I'm going to have time to uh, try to do whatever semblance of a process I have, um, should we build build me a lineup here? Oh, that's sure. awesome! Those uh, rankings, not my my screen. Um, <gasps> uh, let me go over to DraftKings. Here we go. Okay, so this is classic Lowell's build. This is where we build a lineup so gross um, <laughs> that the chat wants to vomit after and- it. I use it as a anti jinx mechanism. Yeah, it's just a it's just a dummy lineup uh, for you to uh, to hedge off of. Okay, then um, we can't take Xander or Finau because you have too much of them. Yeah, I think Finau is probably the best play. Okay, can I? I want I want Bryson in this lineup. Can we have Bryson? God damn it! All right, you can't you can't x off the whole board. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, you get to pick now. Well, uh, I don't have any. No, hold on. Let me look. The uh, the group. If you go down to Cam Smith, uh, no. Okay, so eighty. Go to the eight thousand range then. Yeah. Yeah. Those guys, I like all those guys right there. So Smith, Casey, Answer, Fitzpatrick. Okay. I don't mind Uthusen above above him as well. Okay, you pick one, and then I'm gonna let the chat pick one from this range as well. Okay, let's do um, let's let's chat pick two. What's the difference? Okay, who chat. Guys, who you guys like there? Give Who's us two Jason, from this range. Smith, Casey, answer Fitz, Fitz, Fitzpatrick. This is um, this is how you. I mean, um, how much EV am I giving up in this twenty uh, person five dollar contest and just letting everyone know my lineup before we go into it? Well, um, please don't dupe me, bros. Yeah, if they dupe you in a twenty man, it's worth, it might be worth it for them for the bid equity, but uh, not a good strategy for taking money. Okay, um, we have lots of suggestions here. I see, I see two Oosties, I see two Caseys, I see an answer, I see uh, a Casey, or do I have two? Uh, yeah, two Caseys, answer, Scheffler. This is uh, a fleet a Fleetwood. Man, this is a uh, this is we can't we don't have a consensus here. This is tough. Let's go. So I heard Usti. We yeah, got Usti twice. So throw him in there. Who else was twice? Did we have two Casey's? No, they they're actually going off board off our our <laughs> required player picks. Wait, is Paul Casey part of your p- picks? Uh, yes. Okay, we have two. We have two Casey's, Michael and okay. uh, Andrew here. So Casey we'll in there. This is a twenty man too, so you don't need to do anything crazy. 
someone wanted us to go lower down to Fleetwood. How's Fleetwood looking? Uh, well, we're, we're at 7,800 left, so Fleetwood would fit on the average. Okay. Fleetwood's like an off-the-board pick, though. He's he's going to be pretty low on like 6%. Not in this lulls contest, man. After we pump him up here, <laughs> we're looking at at All least right. 40%. All right. I, I can see it. He's been playing like garbage, but like he's performed in the past in majors and stuff. So. Do we need to go dumpster diving for buddy? How, how about we get a Coke rack in here? Did you like Coke rack? Go oh, for it. You told me he's looking fine. I'm playing him. Okay. All right. That leaves us with 8,200. Let's take a gander. Connors, Rose, answer. Um, let's Mark see likes here. Connors. Yeah, he's, he's good. Uh, Connors, Rose. I have uh, who's the? I have Cam Smith. Better than Connors. Okay, done. There it is. I'm leaving two hundred dollars on the table right there. That's how it's done. Wow. Should I put this in the millie? I think you should. Okay. It's probably gonna win. Yeah. So that means you probably should do it. Not that one. The other. Oh, millie. this this was a dummy lineup. <laughs> Wait, $100. Oh, my God. In this economy? Are you kidding me? What, what was Osmo's tweet about winning three millimakers this week? There's three. There's three millimakers. Wow. The, the 44, the 4,400 probably is full, maybe, and it's just not showing anymore. Okay. Um. All right. There we did it. I need to get this other dummy lineup for uh, our buddy Matt's Rotoviz Bogey Free Listener League. You gotta get that in there too. All right, we did it. Thank you guys for uh, you know I, I just did my homework live on stream. That's how you do it, Brian. Congratulations, son, on the Millie. <laughs> yeah, um, it'll be very exciting for us. Um, Would are you, you rather I have a million dollars? Let's do this. Or fifty dollars every week? Did you see that tweet? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was like trying to make something about how passive savings is, is more important. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> stupid. So stupid. I was thinking, uh, I spent like 20 minutes uh, like, okay, how can I make fun of this? Yeah. And uh, I, I was like, you can invest $50 in a top shot every week. Um, which I did. Yeah. All right. Um, all right, guys. If you haven't uh, subscribed to the channels, please do so. We have the audio link down below. Podcast goes up every Wednesday night, a little bit after the show ends. Uh, we appreciate you guys and take a long, hard look at Brian's Airbnb. Cause you're never going to see it again. Mm -hmm. Say goodbye. Say goodbye. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Later. the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day you're the ones who get it done at granger we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies count on real-time product availability and fast delivery call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done
Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.